G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. Never did I think that he wanted to start training. And I also told him right offhand, I said, I'll be the first to let you know if you got what it takes or you don't. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and I could not navigate these choppy waters without the Joey to my Uncle Jesse. He is the voice of NXT, Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend? Nothing much, my good friend there. Mr. Graves getting ready for an amazing week. Already had a great start to the week. Excited to be here with you for another edition of After the Bell. We are on the heels of WrestleMania Backlash. A lot to get to in NXT. Speaking of WrestleMania Backlash, history was made. We caught up with the brand new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Rey Mysterio and his son, Dominic. They'll be joining the show. Awesome conversation you don't want to miss. But while it's fresh on my mind, it had to do with my intro. Going to give a little bit of context here. I had the most surreal experience of my life after WrestleMania Backlash Sunday night. In the bar, I'm assuming? Actually, it was outside of the bar. I had left the bar. <laughs> okay. And full disclosure, this is how my, my, my night went. Sunday night, WrestleMania backlash is over. Head back to the hotel. Sit down with a, a who's who of legends and Hall of Famers. Like This is one of those nights that makes me remember why I love this and how lucky I am and how blessed I am to be in the presence and, and considered a peer with a lot of these guys mm-hmm. sat down at a table with Ric Flair, with Booker T with JBL Miz a whole litany of, of current and former legends in this business sat down, chopped it up, had a bunch of laughs. And as I'm leaving, I'm approaching the elevator completely responsibly, by the way, two beer night. Gravy was behaving, was tired, mm. had a big day the next day, two beers. Mm. So this was, this is, I need to tell you this because I was of sound mind. This was not something that I'm imagining. And I actually have witnesses. One being uh, our good friend, Jason Baker, who is the, the wizard behind a lot of the special effects, uh, the fiend, Alexa bliss, et cetera, et cetera. He and I are standing there waiting for our elevator and the elevator doors open. And who stands in the elevator before me? John Stamos, <laughs> Uncle Jesse. Now, in this moment, I am already in disbelief. And, and my vision, believe it or not, was like when you turn your phone into portrait mode and everything else becomes blurred out. And I just saw Uncle Jesse standing there in the elevator. And I looked at Jason and I said, dude, that's John Stamos. And apparently I said it loud enough that John Stamos heard me and replied, yes, it is. Stamos then follows up with the last question I ever expected to be asked in this instance. Where's the Iron Sheik? (laughs) And I I can't, I can't gather my thoughts. I don't know what to say. Now, all of a sudden, the elevator doors are closing. And who pops their head out of the far side of the elevator? Greg Hamilton, ring announcer of Friday Night Smackdown. So the elevator closes. Everybody disappears we're still waiting for an elevator. I am just on cloud nine in disbelief. I immediately start texting Hamilton. I'm like, what is happening? Why are you with Uncle Jesse? What did I miss? And, and I hate to blow up his spot, but he told me he just sort of lucked out and stepped onto the elevator at the exact same time as John Stamos. And apparently the Beach Boys were on the elevator as well. Jason smartened me up to that fact. 
uh, later on. But yeah, one of the most ridiculous experiences. And actually, if you think about the whole hour of my life, going from sitting at a table with Hall of Famers to encountering Uncle Jesse in the hotel elevator, it was like, what, what is my life right now? So I got three thoughts on this. Okay. <laughs> First, when you talk about portrait mode, I immediately think Wayne's World, where you see Uncle Jesse and his, that dream and the yes. hair is flying in the yes. back, and it's that whole Wayne's World scene. Right. Uh, secondly, now we'll go to Hamilton. I'm thinking Greg just wrote, I'm just imagining him riding in the elevator like, oh yeah, I'm on this floor too. And he like gets off and starts walking with him. He's like, oh, I need to get a drink too because they go to the vending machine. Like he's just is following them and riding the elevator just to ride the elevator with them for some reason. And three, this is why I miss a year ago. And to steal a quote from Joe Rogan, the good old days <laughs> of, of things, because those nights are what do make it fun. And when you have those interactions like you do, it just is the cherry on top of the as, as bad of a day as we could have had. And as much yelling as we could have gotten yelled at or screw ups at the end of the day, when you get to sit with for us, it was the late Pat Patterson. Yes. I will never forget you, me, good friend, Mike of the show and Pat Patterson. And Pat might've told us the same damn story for the 15th time in 15 weeks, but it was Pat Patterson. And you're hanging on every word, every word. Cause you think it's going to change, but it doesn't. And then he goes, Hey, you know who was talking about you this week? The same joke, which I can't finish, but that is what to me is the fan. And we'll get it. And this gets into the Ray talk when uh, we have Ray and Dom on later to remember those that we idolized than to sit there with them. And as you said, I don't want to say that I'm on the same playing field as anybody, no, but no, no, no. I would never you have your peers and you're like, man, the fact that they didn't kick me out of the bar no. altogether and I was able to sit at the table with these guys and have this conversation that to me is just still always surreal it is in Wrestlemania week to take this back to Tampa when you and I met up for the first time finally in the hotel before I saw you and I don't know if I told you this or not Ric Flair was sitting with Eric Bischoff and we owed Eric Bischoff uh, a beverage for coming on the show when we, you know, broke the news about the Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. And Rick came up to me before I could even say hi. And he goes, hey, you're doing a damn nice job of that NXT show, kid. I almost fainted. Like, I literally <laughs> almost fell on my ass because I was like, you know who I am? But it's just to your story is sitting there and you look around sometimes. So I am envious now, even more so, not only on the John Samos and the Beach Boys, but you getting to have those moments still and being able to absorb that as a fan and i can't wait till we can get out of this era in which we live in and all can be together again because even for a short period of time in the thunderdome gravy you and i were driving and even if it was 15 minutes but it felt normal, normal. you know like <laughs> yeah. so sorry normal. for my diatribe to start the uh podcast here and get a little emotional but that's brought something out of me gravy you brought something out of me today i have that ability from time that's to time true. you know right. don't get used yeah. to it all right but you mentioned it vic that would have been an awesome ending to the worst possible day but luckily for us for the wwe universe it was on the heels of wrestlemania backlash which to me blew my expectations out of the water this was one on paper it wasn't particularly stoked about a lot of rematches or different iterations of past matches and rivalries but man i had a blast I thought WrestleMania Backlash kicked way more ass than I thought it was going to. To me, the highlight of the night, and this is with all due respect to Roman Reigns and Cesaro, who both over-delivered as we knew they would. Cesaro proved that he belongs and he can hang in the main event with anybody. Incredible matchup that was. But it was actually, to me, the WWE Championship triple threat match. Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre. The lead-up to the match didn't have me necessarily overcome with excitement. 
because we've seen iterations of these guys against one another for quite some time. Okay. But man, all three of these dudes stepped up their game and knocked it out of the park. And it was exciting to me to see three genuine super heavyweights competing for the WWE championship. It was almost a throwback, but you saw Braun Strowman doing stuff you've never seen Braun do before. Lashley, McIntyre stepping up their game, the intensity, the impact from bell to bell. That match to me was my favorite of the night. Well, you correct me if I'm wrong. You had a better seat than I did in um, coming off of NXT just the other day. I think Drew McIntyre hit a Falcon Arrow on Braun Strowman. It was a, a Michinoku driver. A Michinoku driver, yes. thank you. And, and who in the hell in their right mind would thought you'd ever see Braun Strowman get hit with a Michinoku driver? Right. Unfathomable. It's freaky. That's But that's what I love. That's what I love about giants in this business. And I understand everything changes and evolves, but these are no longer big lumbering giants like in the, in the 80s and early 90s. These are next level athletes even braun Strowman, six foot eight 380 something pounds doing a, a i guess it could be considered a swanton <laughs> off of the apron into to drew and bobby but like that was insanity you don't expect to see that stuff and mcintyre moving the way he does and bobby it just to me was such an impressive sight from start to finish well, you, you take a look, and I just want to use Braun as an example because we both have called Braun Strowman matches over the last several years. The guy, as you just mentioned in his size, let's not forget the fact of how fast, A, he runs right. and can move, the drop kick that he throws when he just leaves his feet, which is impressive. And I start to think of other quote-unquote big men in, in terms of what you just brought up about the new age of the big man. Look at Baron Corbin. When he does yes. that boss man slide around the post, gets back in, and he does it, I guess gracefully is probably a bad word to use, but, uh, but he does accurate. it gracefully. It is. It is great. However graceful a six foot six, you know, former NFL lineman can be. It, easy. It, it makes it look easy. And, and, and it's it's wild to think that we have those terms in wrestling. I don't know if you want to call it a cliche. Uh, moves like a cruiserweight, hits like a heavyweight. Yeah, that's very valid now, at least to me, for guys like first off, Bobby Lashley is a legitimate bad mofo. You know, he could literally rip anybody apart. Drew McIntyre, the same thing. Braun, the same thing. But now you're thinking, man, this isn't just right hands, clotheslines, power slams and suplexes. This is I'm going to bulldoze you on the outside. You're going to fly over the barricade. I'm going to leave my feet. Here's a drop kick. And it is it's very impressive, for lack of a better term. Yep, it is. I mean, it was it's the evolution of the heavyweights in in the business at the very top of the mountain right now. I mean, elsewhere, look at look in the main event on SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Cesaro. Those are big dudes. People don't appreciate. They don't understand how big a lot of these guys are until you stand beside them. But for a long period of time, you had I mean, Randy Orton was almost gigantic uh, because the roster just generally wasn't full of big, tall guys or, or giants. Now, top to bottom, man, we are rife with the big men. I think it's exciting. And, and speaking of um, large athletes, how about I want to switch to the black and gold brand for a moment, if I can. 330 pounds of Bronson Reed flying off the top rope with the tsunami onto Johnny Gargano becomes the new North American champion. It was a feel good moment, I think, for anyone who is in uh, attendance. I want to throw this to you. 14 years in the business for Bronson Reed from the day he started until this past Tuesday, finally won WWE gold. You yourself have won a championship in NXT. What do you think was going through his mind if you compare it to when you won a championship? 
I mean, everybody's different. Everybody has individual experiences and, and no two journeys in this business are identical. Uh, obviously, the fact that Bronson Reed, and he's a guy I don't know well. We've interacted a few times. I'm a big fan of what he brings to the table. Uh, I, I do know a bit of his story and, and the struggles that he's dealt with and, and moving and have, how much his wife means to him, standing by him. He's been very, very public about that sort of stuff. I think it's awesome. It's a feel-good story. To me, in that moment, when I won the NXT Tag Team titles, uh, we it was validation to me. But it was in NXT, to me, it was validation. You belong here, but because it was NXT at the time, it was, there's still a lot of work to be done. It was just a, it was a, a marker along the journey to me. And it was, it was motivating as much as it was gratifying. So I imagine, I imagine he's feeling some mixture of all those feelings. Yeah, because you know Bronson Reed in the back of his mind, and, and I don't know this firsthand, he's looking at Braun Strowman. He's looking at Bobby Lashley. He's looking at Drew McIntyre, and he's thinking, I'm 330 plus pounds and I can do exactly what you do. And I'd love to tangle one day raw or SmackDown with you guys. So that was a feel good moment. But also I want to talk about next week for just a second. Cause I know we have to move on Balor cross two NXT championship. This is a takeover worthy main event. As a matter of fact, it was the main event of NXT takeover stand and deliver. It is now on NXT in less than a week, actually, this upcoming Tuesday. Outside looking in, I know you have called a lot of Finn Balor matches. I know you're a big fan of Karrion Cross. This, I think, is one of those moments for the NXT brand that you're going to have a huge match on Tuesday, and I think it's going to over-deliver as much as we like to use that term when it comes to championship matches. I have no doubt about it. You're talking about Karrion Cross, talking about Finn Balor, two of my favorite superstars to watch. Obviously, I've known Finn for, for quite some time and, and watched his journey, and I think we're seeing the best Finn Balor we've seen in WWE since he joined. And I'm talking prior to his first NXT run. This is the best Finn Balor I think we've been blessed with watching. And Cross, to me, man, enjoy Cross and NXT while you have him because I am banging on every door and telling everybody that'll listen. I want him on Monday Night Raw, maybe Friday Night SmackDown. Cross, to me, is just money waiting to be made. Everything about him intrigues me. Uh, and I, I know I, I know how valued he is in NXT, but I'm just putting it out there very publicly. I want him up on our show. Well, let's quit being selfish for just a moment here. No, Mr. that's Graves. what I'm doing, Vic. I'm, I know. I, you I, you I, can let me have it. something for crying out loud, but I want to put a bow on this and do it as we started. Cross is another one of those larger-than-life athletes uh, when he's in the ring at the NXT taking on the Finn Balors. But it's very intriguing to me, to your point, Cross versus Bobby Lashley, Cross versus Drew McIntyre, Cross versus Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Cesaro, the list goes on. And it comes back to what you talked about with the plethora of big men back here in the WWE. I think I it's love just, it. we're in a great, I don't want to say a great era or a great path, but I don't want to say the future looks bright, but man, it is very intriguing right now to be a fan again. No doubt about that. Uh, you know what I'm intrigued about, Vic? I'm intrigued. Uh, what Check. I'm doing this weekend? No, I give a, you know what, less <laughs> about what you're doing this weekend. I want to know what the ATB faithful has to say. We've been chatting about our Mount Rushmore moments in WWE history. You and I have some new additions to make, and we're going to take a look at what the ATB fans have to say, too. We'll be right back. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future, helping those who qualify pay for school and train for the right career. 
right where you are right now. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. All right, Vic. This has been a lot of fun over the past several weeks. We decided to attempt to choose the perfect Mount Rushmore of moments mm-hmm. in WWE history. You and I have both thrown two on our individual Mount Rushmores, but we asked the listeners to contribute. We want to hear what's on everybody's mind. Maybe some suggestions. Maybe we'll take some. Maybe I'll steal one. Maybe one will usurp one of my picks. How do you like that? I do I'm like curious that. to hear, but this has been Vic's task this week. I told him after NXT was done, he had to get on the ATB Twitter and find the answers. So Vic, what have you got for me? Well, you know, I, I do enjoy this uh, segment because of the interaction we have with the listeners. So Nick Charles at Nick Charles 1010, Montreal Screwjob, Hulk Rock Staredown, WrestleMania 18, CM Punk's Pipe Bomb, NXT TakeOver Arrival. Would be his Mount Rushmore of moments. Uh, Chris at Wasabi Boys gave us one, so I don't know if that means he agreed with the two that we had, but the ECW one-night stand John Cena uh, versus Rob Van Dam championship. By the way, go out of your way if you haven't already to watch the new Rob Van Dam icons on WWE Network on Peacock. It is unbelievable. I've always been a fan of Rob. I've Grown to become sort of friendly with Rob, but man, you see the guy in a whole new light after checking that out. So I can't recommend that highly enough. And as for your Mount Rushmore thus far, Vic Joseph. Hmm. My Mount Rushmore this far, WrestleMania three, the moment in particular, it's Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant, picking up the victory uh, at WrestleMania three. And my second one was when I believe that the Attitude Era began, and that was the Austin 316 promo at King of the Ring. And you and I are not too far off of one another. Uh, Mine would be WrestleMania 1, and I did the Tyson-Austin confrontation because, to me, that was the kickoff, the unofficial kickoff of the Attitude Era, but both major tentpole events in WWE history. So this week, Vic Joseph, what do you got for number three? So number three is one that I really tussled with in my mind uh, about if I would put it on the Mount Rushmore or if it would be the honorable mentions that we talked about. But the more I thought about it, it was not only a Mount Rushmore moment for the company, really for the industry as a whole. And it was when Vince McMahon and WWE bought the competition and purchased WCW later than you'd find out would purchase ECW. So my third Mount Rushmore moment is WWE buying out the competition, purchasing WCW. Just when I think you couldn't get any dumber, you go ahead and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. (laughs) Actually, I completely agree. That is, honest to God, my number three pick as well. One of the most important moments, particularly in our age range. I mean, you and I both vividly remember the Monday Night Wars and what what that meant. And, And it seems almost prehistoric at this time to, to talk about now where it's streaming. You can literally watch anything you want that was ever created on your phone, on your iPad, wherever you want. But back then, Monday nights were appointment viewing. And I was, you know, middle school into high school age. But every Monday night, I sat down in my living room and my remote control never left my hand because you were waiting for one to go to commercial 
and you'd flip to the other. Oh, Nitro's going to break, going to Monday Night Raw, vice versa, all night long, for years. So when that happened, when Vince McMahon bought WCW and Shane McMahon showed up on Monday Nitro, I it, that was like earth shattering to me. Like it, it exploded my universe to me. I was just, I was a wrestling fan. It was all I cared about. It was my favorite thing in the entire world. And it happened. The impossible happened. Well, the name on the contract does read McMahon, but it reads Shane McMahon. Like I remember it as if it was yesterday that happened in Cleveland and I was there. I saw my ticket stub. I was was in Cleveland. Raw was in Cleveland. Nitro's in Panama city. Yes. Florida. I was in Cleveland for raw. I still have my ticket stub. And, I, and I've saved it. And it was one of those, we sat down and this is, by the way, now I'm really going to age myself here, which is odd. This was before the internet was talking. You know, that wasn't right. really a thing at that time. Right. You had to call 1-800 hotlines yep. to hear anything. So we didn't know. Right. It was a complete, <gasps> what? Yeah, that was back in the days where, where the, the dirt sheets, to use the term, there, there were they were few and far between. There were only a handful that were even in existence. You had to know where to go to look for them. Sometimes you subscribed in the mail or there were a handful yeah. of websites I knew about. But it wasn't like now where there's uh, within 30 seconds of anything happening, it's on the Twitter. Internet and you know what the spoilers yeah. are going to be or what the next plan in the, in the evolution of the story is. Back then, I, I had a friend. This, this is going to age me. My first friend who had the Internet, I used to have to go to his house. To use the internet. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I didn't have the internet. We didn't have money for internet when it was, you know, brand new. But eventually we got it. But he showed me this website. But I I would call him several times a week after school. And I'd go, hey, dude, what's what's the site? I can't remember the name of the site off the top of my head. But what's it say? What's the new? And he would go, "Uh, it says so-and-so is going to show up and join the NWO. And then it would happen. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, I'd never had that view on the business. And like looking back, I kind of wish I still had that sort of naivete about me uh, rather than being, you know, jaded and angry. Um, But, but to me, that was just, that blew my mind. It was such an impossible occurrence. And there it was happening before our very eyes. And it's, it's again, sitting there in the audience, going back to what you said about Monday nights, me, my buddy, Matt, my brother, Charlie, Walked into school the next day. Oh, yeah, we were there live, boys. Like, chests out oh, because yeah. all of our friends were like, you were at Raw last night. Oh, my God, couldn't believe what happened. And we're like, yeah, we were. Like, we were walking around like, here's our ticket stub. Like, it's in the locker now. And and that's what we did because in the arena that night, you just heard no chance. And here comes and you're like, oh, yeah, Raw's starting. And then he goes, I purchased my comp. And we're like, what? And, like, you just heard the whole arena go, Whoo. like, well, everyone I'm- sat on every word. And it was funny to me because if you look back at all that, and there's no shortage of documentaries and footage and books regarding the Monday Night Wars now, but that was really the first time that I can recall anything WCW being referenced on Raw. Bischoff was open about how he 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 didn't care. The gloves were off. Bischoff was going to win at any cost. And, and then they, they did the you know the huckster and the Nacho Man bits and all that sort of DX stuff. DX invaded like, WCW, but yeah, you never really saw it, anything. But it, and it wasn't business wise. It wasn't what everybody nowadays is fascinated by. Everyone wants to talk about and debate ratings and, and demographics, and, and that that's what has captured the internet's interest this you know this period in time regarding our business. Back then, it was it was characters. Yeah, DX showed up and invaded. They fired the first shot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it was never like behind the curtain. 
it was all very surface, you know, we're, we're going to make fun of you. We're going to beat our chest. But it was like, wait a minute, Vince McMahon bought, like, for real. It wasn't a TV storyline. Like, Vince McMahon bought WCW. That was, that was, I couldn't fathom that. And to this day, it's still, I, I definitely agree that it belongs on Mount Rushmore. It, if, if it comes down to, like, one most important occurrence in the history of the business, that still might be it, too. And you go to also... Really, and the people that are listening right now, wherever you are in the world, car, at home, whatever, think about what Graves just said. At that point in time, they simulcasted inside the arena, and they even did it on Raw, like WCW, and you see WCW on WWE programming. On the Titantron. (laughs) And you're like, wait a minute, what the bleep is going on? And then when you go back and you now listen to WCW, you can hear it in their voice. Like, this is the end. Like, it was so shocking and again before dirt sheets and everything possibly the last true shocking moment before the dirt sheet blow up the internet blow up of being able to talk about things um to me it lives on mount rushmore that is why it made mine it made yours and it is not just for wwe i think professional wrestling as an industry belongs on the mount rushmore no argument from me Uh, Thanks to everybody who sent in their suggestions. Keep them coming. We're going to unveil our fourth and final spots on Mount Rushmore on next week's episode. But in the meantime, use the hashtag AskATB, A-S-K-A-T-B, or hashtag after the bell. Let us know what you think belongs on the mountain. But we're talking about history. We're talking about surprises and shock. Vic, we got a couple of guests who made history, which is a hard, hard thing to do this day and age. At WrestleMania Backlash, the brand new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Rey Mysterio and his son, Dominic. First things first, Rey, Dominic, congratulations. The brand new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Rey, I want to start with you. You've already got a Hall of Fame resume. You are one of the most decorated superstars in the history of the business. Yet, here we are at 2021. There is still history to be made. You and your son, the first ever father-son duo to hold tag team gold in WWE. How does that feel? Man, I'm on cloud nine. You know, this is a, this was something that kind of just organically uh, was created uh, from day one that my son wanted to break into the business and started training, you know, and once he was getting the rhythm of things, you know, we talked about it a couple of times and uh, all of a sudden that happens. And then, oh, man, we, we get an opportunity for the titles. And then that happens. But you never uh, you never lose focus. And it's it means so much more on a different scale than what I've accomplished in the past. Becoming heavyweight champion, you know, uh, there's so many uh, um, highlights in my career that, right. you know, that I can enjoy hearing fans talk about. But this one right here. It surpasses everything on a whole, totally, totally different level. You know, uh, very excited, man. Very excited to run with this and and to be able to have my stamp on there that we were the first ones. Absolutely. And this day and age, like I said, there's not a lot of things that are left to be done for the first time ever. So for you guys to accomplish that in and of itself is incredible. Yeah. And especially during the growth, uh, during Dominic's growth in this business, you know, it's it's so awesome to see and to, to witness you know, firsthand uh, what's happening. You know, Dominic, your dad kind of just mentioned it, you know, you wanting to break into this business. Do you remember the first conversation you had with your dad uh, about wanting to follow in his footsteps? 
Um, I do actually, um, I was, I had just gotten out of school, um, from, from, uh, I believe it was a college or something. And I walked straight into his room. I told him and my mom, I was like, Hey, uh, can you, uh, guys sit down or give me a second to talk to you guys. And then, um, my dad, I remember my dad kind of looking at me like a little off. Cause there's like these two couches that are in his room right next to each other. Sat down. I looked at him and I was like, dad, I was like, I want to, I want to try and wrestle. And he, he, he like, didn't believe it at first. He was kind of like, he was shook. And then I was like, I told him, I was like, I want to try and see if I can uh, do something in this business. And he was like, let's, let's do it. He didn't even hesitate to like, Oh, let me think about it. He was like, let's do it. That was, that was my next question for Ray. What, what went through your mind as a father, knowing what you've been through in this business when you're, when your son says, dad, I want to do the same thing. Any hesitation there? Uh, no hesitation. I actually wasn't expecting it. He was already 19 years old, you know, uh, played a lot of football during high school. And uh, that was his passion. Uh, he loved being around wrestling. He went to the events with me, traveled with me, with me, but never did I think that he wanted to start training. And uh, I also told him right offhand, I said, I'll be the first to let you know if you got what it takes or you don't. And uh, of course, when we stepped in that ring for the first time, everything was over after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I know, Ray. You, uh, you you reached out to some friends and had some connections along the way that uh, that helped Dominic on his journey to uh, learn what he does in the ring. Tell me about that. So uh, he did start his journey in in uh, it was in Tampa, right, son? With, it was in Jay, Tampa with yeah, Jay Lethal. With Jay Lethal. Oh, okay, yes. great, great. Yeah. So he he moved out there for uh, six months, almost a year, and started his training over there and working. Uh, with Nutrition Solutions. Then after that, in the midst of, of him uh, doing his training, I had a chance to speak to Jericho, and Jericho uh, told me, you got to send him to Lance's school. He's probably the best school that you can send him to. And right away, we signed him up with Lance, spoke to him, and uh, he greeted him with uh, open arms, man. Um, and I think that's where he really picked up the fundamentals and what he needed to learn in order to be where he's at right now. Dom, tell us a little bit about your time training under uh, Lance Storm. I love training under Lance. You know, it was uh, it was completely different to what I was used to as far as like with Jay. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a whole different environment because it was like a giant school and we had like this program and like not that Jay didn't. It was just different. It was very Lance. Okay. <laughs> very regimented. Was, yeah. <laughs> yes. It was very, I, I know Lance well enough to know. Very, very regimented by the book. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how Lance like likes everything. And I was, I was already nervous because, um, I was two weeks late to, to the camp, you know, cause my grandparents 50th anniversary wedding was mm-hmm. two weeks before. So I couldn't make it. And we had the wedding. And then the next morning we drove off from Cal from California to Calgary. Wow. Oh, that's that a drive. But we, I mean, as a, as a father, I was excited, man. I was excited to, to drive with them, have them, uh, get situated. And say hi to Lance, too, because we're friends from way back WCW. So it was really cool to see all of that evolve and to be part of it. You know, Dom, during your time, uh, you know, training, as we've documented with Jay Lethal and Lance Storm and and getting to talk to your father. Did you ever have a question in your mind? Uh, maybe I maybe I chose the wrong path. Maybe I want to do something else. Did you ever question and have any doubt? One hundred percent. There was times that both, you know, when I was training in, in Tampa, where I, I would literally not, I, I don't want to say fake, but almost like think of an excuse in my head where I couldn't like, 
it was just so much at the You're time. You're yourself like, out. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was freaking myself out. And like, I had like, I almost want to say it was like a small, like little anxiety attack. Like after my first like training match with Jay, it was kind of like, it, I was just shook. And like, I had to go in the bathroom and lay down and kind of like get myself together. And same thing at Lance's, you know, I, I, I'm a California kid. So waking up to six feet of snow isn't, you know, <laughs> not, not being able to, not being able to drive my car is not normal. So it was definitely a, an adjustment. And even at Lance's out, there was times like I had my first match with one of the students and I remember calling my dad freaking out because in no way, shape or form did it go how I wanted it or how I pictured it. So it was just, it was definitely tough, but it was a lot of, uh, growing and mental toughness that I had to develop. Now, once you decided to enter this business officially, uh, let's be honest, you've got some pretty massive shoes to fill. Uh, has that ever weighed on you at all? Or has it been more of a, a help and a motivation? I would say a little bit of both just because, you know, everyone I've talked to, they've always told me like, you know, you got some big shoes to fill or like, you know, like they're going to be uh, looking at you uh, some type of way, or they're going to be expecting something from you. But Every, all those people also told me that at the same time, I have to worry about, you know, what my loved ones think and the people that care about me the most and you're just trying to help me out and what they think. So I think at the end of the day, it's it's done a little bit of both, but it's motivated me more to kind of like go out there, do my thing, not have to like worry, like, because at the end of the day, like, I know I have a giant, you know, bullseye on my back because of who my dad is and and what I've been doing. So I just, I work hard and I try to, you know, earn everyone's respect. So there's not that animosity or tension. Ray, is there any sort of advice you've had to give Dominic to that point where we're realizing that what you've achieved in this business and now, and now your son, your beloved one is, is trying to follow in your path? Yeah, I think the, one of the things that I, that I said, and if I'm not mistaken, Dom, I think Lance told you the same thing, you know, uh, don't try to follow uh, my lead or, or per se, don't try to imitate what I've done in the past, like create your own persona, be yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and you're going to hear a lot of, uh, a lot of haters hate and, but the ones that, that, uh, do appreciate what you do, um, and that are going to see you grow. I said, are the ones that love you, man. So just, uh, continue on your path and be yourself. You know, don't try to be like me. It's about carving your own path and, and making your right. own legacy at the right. same time. And look, it's eye opening for me and Dom, you and I have shared the locker room together, right? You, you know, we all sat with each other, Graves included. Right. And the one thing I didn't know, and I think the biggest misconception among fans is, oh, well, Dom's here because his dad's Ray Mysterio and trained with his dad. No, you busted your ass, Dom. You know, you, you traveled, you, you did everything you needed to do. That's just credit to you, the person and Ray to you as a father. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm thankful, you know, for, I'm happy that Dom has put in the work in such a short amount of time. And that it's it's proved that you know what it's it's working for him right now, and he has to continue. The grind never stops, but um, at the end of the day, it's it's uh, it's a blessing for us to to share rings together, to share moments like this, creating history together. And you know, he didn't ask to be in these specific um, spotlights. He's earned them, and right. they've been presented to him. And he's taking the he's taking the hit. You know, he's running with it right now. Time travel to fun in the 16th century at the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Ten stages, food, pubs, shopping, jousting. Saturday, Sundays, and Labor Day Monday through October 24th. For tickets, visit MarylandRenaissanceFestival.com. Save big on admission through September 12th. 
you talk about carving your own path and, and creating your own identity prior to debuting officially in WWE. What were the discussions like as to who Dominic Mysterio was going to be on a WWE TV screen? Because the name alone, you would envision, oh, he's probably going to be, wear a mask. Why would you not? Your, your dad's the greatest mask superstar of all time. What was that sort of process like deciding who Dominic was going to be for the world to see? It kind of just happened because it was so weird. Um, we never, like, you know, like my dad said, we never um, expected anything. Opportunities were kind of just presented and I kind and I just ran with them. And one day I, I showed up to tapings and it said Dominic Mysterio, like just on the screen. And I, I kind of, it threw me off because there was music and there was every, I was kind of, I was, I sat there scratching my head and I was like, <laughs> this, I, I told my dad, I was like, is this for me? He goes, ain't nobody else here that's Dominic Mysterio. So, <laughs> so, yeah, but so now knowing your dad, your dad can be like, hey, I'm going to get my son here. He's thinking he's going to get this big debut with this music and stuff. It could have been a big rim. <laughs> yeah, like, and I, I never, you know, when he first told me too that they wanted me to to have a match against Seth at SummerSlam, I thought he was kidding. You know, I'd never, never in a million years would I have thought that I would debut at one of the biggest pay-per-views against one of the biggest names. So going back to your question, Corey, it was kind of just like, we, we had no idea who Dominic Mysterio or if I was going to come out with a mask. Like we had like this whole plan set up on how like I was going to debut mask, everything like situation, but like everything just happened so fast that, you know, we kind of just ran with it. Just playing it on the fly. <laughs> yeah. That, that was the idea from, from day one that he started training. I said, Dom will continue with this legacy and, and carry it on. Um, but we never really had the opportunity to sit down and, and discuss our plans which uh, now in retrospect, we can look at it and say, it's still not late to make things happen like we had it planned out. So I think Dom's going to have to earn the mask now. And he's on his way. Eventually, one day, maybe the mask will be on. Love that. I love it. He's yeah. got to earn it. <laughs> well, Dom, yeah. to that point, you know, Batman is in the news. And Ray, I've always loved seeing the new gear that you had. And I think of when you, uh, you, you came out with the Joker theme which was a few years ago at wrestlemania dom in terms of your gear your inspiration and taking the mask out of it have you thought about looking back and saying what kind of uh, throwbacks can i have my dad inspired into my own gears whether it's for the next SummerSlam or the next wrestlemania absolutely 110 percent. that's like kind of all i think about when it comes to like gear and stuff like what can i like do to not replicate but almost like honor in a way but at the same time, it's so hard because all his outfits have been so badass, man. And I just wanna, <laughs> he set the bar pretty high. <laughs> I just I like I just want to I like I've literally told him like like I just want to come out with your gear like that fa that phantom gear and stuff. Yeah, the phantom. Uh, Rollins had the phantom gear at the uh, yeah. Was, like that's right, I, he I did. Yeah, to, to change the color on it, still airbrush. Like I would love to bring back some of his old stuff, but with my own little unique twist to it. The Phantom one was not where I thought he was going. I thought he was going to be like, you know, the, the Gucci, the Louis Vuitton mask. Like, I just want to get the whole Louis outfit from head to toe. That's where I thought Don was going to go. So, you know, he goes out with I the need a couple more. I need a couple more years of saving before he's I can. He needs a few WrestleMania paydays before, he before, I can, before I can make a whole Louis or Gucci suit. I, I can't afford that yet. <laughs> very, very cool. Good things from Pops. <laughs> totally totally I, I know it's fresh guys i mean but but here you are you're now the smackdown tag team champions looking across the landscape uh let, let's play fantasy booker here a little bit who do you guys step in the ring with uh in the in the months to come who, who are you excited to compete against or best match uh dream match scenarios so my my point of view is uh you know i would 
And I, I always say that this should happen to every title holder. He should be the first one to take uh, a match right off the bat to see if he can regain his title. So I wouldn't mind putting these titles up again, you know, against uh, Rude and Ziggler. And uh, mm-hmm. to prove that this wasn't a fluke, you know, that it happened for real. We worked hard and, and you know, that's that's our path. And and then after that, you know, uh, we had a, a rivalry going on with uh, Gable and Otis that uh, the, the Alpha is happy to put those titles on the line. Yeah. You dumb. And we, hey, we can't forget the Street Profits, you know, they had our backs in there when 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 uh, we were all together in there. So I would yeah. I would love to give them a shot as well. And even on 100. Raw, you know, like Kofi and Xavier, Ed, oh, yeah. I would love to get a chance to work with them yeah. or even like uh, with the with the size advantage of uh, Omos and, and AJ. I think that'd be fun. And I do. I I. I wish that the Usos would have been together because we wouldn't mind facing uh, third generation against uh, third generation, you know? Yeah, that would be absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Dom, I know you grew up basically being around the, you know, WWE and the, in the wrestling business. What's, what was the biggest surprise for you since you've come back or, or maybe misconception that you had before you stepped into the role that you're in now? I would say just how laid back everything was or is. Cause I remember when I was a kid, everything would kind of just be going and going and we needed this. We needed that. Um, I would play with the BWO, uh, tricycles and I it felt like it was just 10 minutes before I got them taken away. You know, they needed them for use. So being in it now and traveling with my dad and stuff, like not only do I respect the business in a whole different level, but it's hard to explain because like, I've, like you said, I've literally grown up in it that I've seen it kind of in different ways grow and change that it's it's just amazing to be a part of. I think you saw uh, two sides of the coin. You know, as a kid, you were able to to go into the arenas and travel with me and, and have a good time, you know, with Chimo's kids, you know, yeah. and, uh, whoever brought their kids during that time that you were traveling with me. And now on a completely different level, now you are part of the company. You represent the companies. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what the grind is all about. You know, even though you've lived it before, but you were just having fun. Now this is part of your life. Yeah. Now you gotta you gotta pull your own weight these days. <laughs> that's, a, exactly. that's a big change. You gotta you gotta earn that Louis Vuitton now. <laughs> <laughs> Before I let you guys go, I have to ask. Obviously, the the symbolism of the the way you won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, Dominic with the frog splash off the top rope. We know how important Eddie Guerrero is to both of your guys' lives. Uh, what did it mean in that moment? How important was that for you guys to have represented in your big moment? For me, it was, I was on top of the world for, I, I still, I still am, am on cloud nine. You know, I can't like, it's, it's unexplainable. Um, and just to be able to finish with the frog splash on someone like Bobby Roode, you know, what an honor. And, and I can just, Eddie's presence is always there with us and it's, it's always special. Yeah. I know 1000% that Eddie, uh, was smiling upon us and, and enjoyed that moment just like we did. There's no doubt in my mind. And, uh, it's, uh, um, Gary, right, Dom? Gary. Yes. Uncle Gary. Uncle Gary, who was in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, at the time when he heard that we had just won the titles and he went out of his way to leave some roses and a letter on Eddie's grave that saying that, uh, Eddie, you would be proud of him. You know, we did it. We did it. 
man, I just yeah. got goosebumps. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. So I got to give thanks to Uncle Gary because he didn't, he didn't have to do it. He just went out of his way to do it because he knew how special Eddie was to us and vice versa. So, uh, you know, he, he gave him a little present on our behalf. That's very, very cool. Yeah. And most important is to keep that legacy strong, man. Never, never of be course. forgotten. Of course. You know, Dom, we've talked about legacy. We've talked about Eddie and Ray. We know your history with Eddie Guerrero, both in and out of the ring. Yeah, I'm an NXT guy, obviously. Now, um, Ray, you played such a big part of my time during Raw, which I, I will never forget with the championship match you had with Brock Lesnar at Survivor yeah. Series 2019, a night that I'll never forget because I actually... Uh, my voice cracked because I lost in the moment and I jumped out of my seat yeah. thinking that win. Like I just went nuts. But in that moment, there was a double six one nine. And unless I'm completely baffling myself, Dominic, do you do the six one nine in reverse? No, I do it uh, left side. So he so does it on the right. I'm actually correct handed. So, oh, I, uh, so you just call out your dad. So now, wait a minute now. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it just works out perfectly. You know, me being left and him right, it kind of just meets perfectly. Yeah. Was that intentional or is that just naturally the way you do it? Did you, did you decide I'm going to do way. it the other way so we can do it together? Or that just, that's how you gravitate? No, when we first, when he was like, try, try the 619, I jumped at it the way he does on the right side. And it looked like crap. Or like a it, wonky, it was huh? absolutely, yeah, it was a little, I couldn't, my legs didn't make it through. And then I was like, let me try the other side. So as soon as I turned on the first side, it just went, swooped right around. And I was like, Whoa. I was like, okay, this is the left side where it works. I said, I don't know why I even tried it on the right. Because man, when you hit that double six one nine, I thought to myself after I got out of the moment, I'm sitting in the back and now you see it in the packages and Ray, your chronicle that came out. And I've been yeah. wanting to ask you, Dom, do you do it the other way? But now you just enlightened me that I've been thinking your father's been doing it the right way, but now you just corrected your dad after all these years. Uh, awesome. hey, everyone always says, right. Correct. I said every now and then I'll catch myself when we're training, uh, asking him, do you, do you drop kick, uh, and land on your left side or your right side? Cause I get confused on how he does it. He, you, uh, eventually learn both sides but for Dominic, I guess it's much easier to, to go left-handed. Hey, it's about carving his own legacy, Ray, right? Doing it his own way. So, I mean, he's just carving his own path. Starting from the ground up. <laughs> you know, but, but it does make me wonder how many people spot that and can can pick that up, you know, which is actually pretty cool, man, if you, if you can point it out. See, Vic, you pay attention from time to time. That's a good thing. I, I got nothing going on because <laughs> until the Browns became relevant, which was just this past season, right? I've really had nothing to look forward to. It, so I've yeah. only had wrestling. So it's it's that nerd in me popping out. <laughs> Can't go wrong with wrestling. Cannot. Well, I got to ask, guys, hopefully, if the world keeps moving the way it is, we are going to have live crowds back sooner than later. How exciting is it for both of you, Ray, to get back in front of crowds? And Dom, for you to experience being a WWE superstar in front of people. <laughs> I was about to say, what is a crowd? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he actually had a chance to, to live just a little bit of that moment at Survivor Series, you know? Mm -hmm. It was a packed, packed arena. Right, right. Um, which was really cool. And, uh, you know, every time we talk about uh, fans coming back to our shows, I tell Dominic, just that little bit of a feeling you got at Survivor Series, imagine that now 10 times because... You're you're part of the match now. They've seen you for TV for almost a year, uh, but they haven't been able to enjoy you live in person. So uh, it's something that I'm looking very forward to. 
Yeah, no, me too. Like, I, like I said, um, I had a chance to experience a bit of that crowd reaction at Survivor Series, but I was so focused at the task at hand and what needed to be done that it kind of like, I kind of zoned the, the fans out. Right. Um, and I, and, and I didn't get a chance to, to really sit there and take in the moment, but boy, am I excited. You know, um, I showed up to WrestleMania. There was a crowd there. I got a little pop, so I freaked out a bit. Um, <laughs> so I'm definitely excited to, to be able to perform in front of a crowd and, and see the reaction, you know? No doubt about it, man. We're all excited for you. I'm excited as a fan. I missed Friday Night SmackDown, but I'm still keeping yeah. an eye on what you guys are doing. Definitely some pay-per-views on the horizon in the near future. I, I just wanted to say, man, thank you guys for what you're doing right now because I am enjoying the hell out of it, and I'm excited for the future for both of you. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. much. And just know that you are being missed in SmackDown, man. It's not the same when you don't hear your voice. Hey, man, I'll do what I can. I'll pull double duty one of these days. Maybe Cole will take a week off <laughs> one of these years. <laughs> I can't even imagine you next to Pat, man. Oh, it'd be a train wreck uh, waiting to happen. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Good luck. We'll no, see you real soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Love you, son. Love you too, Pops. Congratulations once again to the Mysterio family, the brand new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Always great to catch up. Genuinely two of my favorite people that I get to spend any time with under the WWE flag. Uh, always a thrill. Yeah, loved my time around both during my time on Raw. Learned a lot from Ray. Got to know Dom uh, when he was just getting started here. So it's it's always nice to see one of the uh, quote-unquote good ones uh, get to achieve something. And again, being first ever father-son duo this late in the game hats off again congratulations no doubt about it unfortunately we are out of time for this week so keep filling the after the bell mailbag use the hashtag ask atb a-s-k-a-t-b fill it up we'll answer some questions on some upcoming episodes of atb you can follow us at after the bell wwe on twitter instagram and facebook you can find me at wwe graves and you can find him at vic joseph wwe if you use an apple podcast please hit the subscribe button, throw us five stars. If you're on Android, follow ATB on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or Google Podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And keep up with all your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network at WWE Podcasts on all social platforms. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. Time travel to fun in the 16th century at the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Ten stages, food, pubs, shopping, jousting. Saturday, Sundays, and Labor Day Monday through October 24th. For tickets, visit MarylandRenaissanceFestival.com. Save big on admission through September 12th.